0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Cardinals Nation 24-7 podcast, where each week your hosts Chris Lawless, Jared Redwine, and Larry Cox will be going over the week that was in St. Louis Cardinals baseball. They'll also be joined periodically with their panel of guest hosts, which include Cardinals Nation 24-7 group moderators, Boyd Harder, Matt Devine, Zach Jen, and Dustin Duffy. We appreciate you giving us a listen, and without further ado, let's play ball. Hello, Cardinal
1: fans. Welcome to this edition of Cardinals Nation 24-7. Jared Redwine, I'm joined by Larry Cox, and as always, Chris Lawless. Good evening, gentlemen. evening. We're going to take a minute tonight. We're going to recap the Nolan Arenado trade, now that we know the final specifics and details, who's involved with money and players. We also want to touch on Colton Wong, uh, no longer with the Cardinals, uh, going to a National League Central rival, We also want to discuss you Molina. Is he going to sign with the Cardinals in the next couple of days? How for sure is that? Do we expect it to happen? And then is Mo done? Are the Cardinals done? Are they going to make any other moves or are they going to stand Pat? And then we're going to briefly discuss uh, the players union and major league baseball, not coming up with a new agreement for the season for the DH and expanded playoffs. So uh, guys, we know now, uh, So it's around $51 million that's going to be changing hands between Colorado and the Cardinals, 35 of which will be for this year, and uh, that will actually take care of his uh, salary for the upcoming season. Uh, $15 will be deferred until later. If he does not opt out, then we will get that money uh, later on in the contract. Uh, We we gave up uh, Austin Gomber, who uh, actually had a good year last year. 3.7 3.7 ERA, ended up pitching 109 innings. Uh, the prospects that we gave up: uh, third baseman Mateo Gill, he was 28th uh, out of our prospect ranking. Uh, Montero, who was 14th, who was probably the the biggest bet, have uh, has some you know capability to play third base, which we figured one of those guys might be involved. And right-handed pitcher. Uh, Tony Locky, Losey? I don't even know how to say it. He was 26, Losey. and then Jake Summers, who wasn't even ranked. So let me go to you first, Chris. Uh, what do you think overall, now that we know the specifics of the deal? Uh, were you upset with it? W- what are your thoughts, and uh, are you happy?
0: Well, I think the the thing you said there, when you can't even pronounce a guy's name, you know, where we we don't even know the guy. and uh, But Austin Gomber, I I thought he would have a bright future. Uh, nothing that isn't expendable for the Cardinals. Uh, when you throw in Montero, who obviously isn't going to have a position with Arenado, and you've got Gorman on the cusp too. So it, it was pieces that the Cardinals could afford to give up. And, you know, all over social media, Rockies fans are just irate at how the, the heist went, you know, with Mazalek getting what he got. The money coming back too is, uh, you know, kind of a shock on the amount. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about the um, the opt-outs, even if he were to, which I don't think that he plans to, I know during the press conference he said he wanted to play here for a long time, but, um, you know, after the first opt-out, he would be owed $179 million. And after the second opt-out $144 million. Um, I just don't know that the market, especially today, that he's going to get that from, any other contending team that might be ahead of the Cardinals so i'm not too worried about the opt outs in it and as far as the players we give up i think it was just more than more than a seal
1: yeah i agree with you and, and Larry what what about you I mean, what are your thoughts on the deal and if it all comes to fruition here you're looking at basically uh, 214 million dollars if he doesn't opt out in either 21 or 22, Yep, he happy with the trade regardless, even if he opts out in year two or stays full term, what are your thoughts?
2: I mean, we're, we're getting, we're getting the best defensive third baseman in either league. I don't care. And we're getting him for free for 2021. And so, I mean, how can you really complain about that at all? I mean, they're going to pick up the salary, even if he leaves, you're still getting, you know, the additional money. Um, then, even like uh, I'm reading, I'm just. This is kind of a quote from uh, R.J. Anderson. He's the uh, one of the writers for CBS Sports, and he says it's hard to spend a good, a positive note on this for the Rockies. They're spending more than fifty million dollars, regardless of where Arenado plays in 2022, without receiving a legitimate headline in return. And so mm-hmm. he's, you know, basically, what do they get? You know, freed up fifty million dollars. Right. So,
1: yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm ready. Yeah, they definitely didn't get a top prospect from us, and I actually had that wrong. Gomber's lifetime ERA is 3.72 in the majors. His ERA last year was 1.86 across 29 innings, so he did have a good year. Uh, Gomber was a good pitcher, but we kind of have a log jam, so it was kind of a one of those deals to where, you know, we, we could uh, deal from that position. It's not going to hurt us any. He's definitely probably the best piece of the acquisition, maybe Montero, but we never know with the minor league guys how they're going to, how they're going to end up. You can have someone that's not ranked that's, you know, picked up in later rounds that comes out to be a superstar and you can have first-round picks that turn out to be flopped. So it's it's a roll of the dice, and I definitely think we did uh, pull one over their eyes, and this is a great move by the Cardinals, one they've been trying to make for a while, and honestly, most people didn't think it was going to get done. So now, obviously, the as greedy as our fans are, they want more moves. They want other things to happen, and they're upset. Certain things didn't happen, which brings me to Colton Wong. Apparently there was desire on his his part to come back to the Cardinals. Uh, he made mention of that on social media, that he wanted to try to make something happen and come back and play for St. Louis again. Obviously that didn't come to fruition. Uh, people thought with Arenado's salary getting paid by Colorado this year that we could have found a way to make it work. And I was I was thinking that we had the money, but I didn't see it see that coming into play either so uh i i wasn't guaranteed on it like most people thought everyone was we were going to go back out and get him but he signs with the brewers for a guaranteed two years 18 million dollars he has a club option for a third year which would put the deal at 26 million over three years uh larry what do you think did you think Colton was going to come back to the cardinals what uh, do you think on his
2: deal with the brewers for the, once the arenado deal came through i thought you know we freed up the cash. Like you said, it it would be a good fit across the board. Like you said, you know, we'd have three gold glove infielders. It's a great fit for him to come back. Our mindset is we'd be the best defensive infield in the league. Uh, But as far as him leaving, I understand the other side of it too. You ink him to a, you know, three-year deal. What do you do with Edmund over that period? What do you do with the guys behind him? You know, you got prospects coming up there, you're blocked. So who knows what the possibilities are there. Does Gorman adjust and become a second baseman? We don't know. Uh, but as far as going over to the Brewers, they've had that carousel at second base for how many years? They just can't seem to settle on a second baseman. And who knows? Maybe he can go over there and he can hit his bases empty grand slams.
1: <laughs> Chris, what I want to ask you, Chris, too, what do you think? Uh, I think? I think myself personally, I thought Wong became a better all-around player last year. He was hitting all fields. He only had one home run in limited, in, in limited action with the COVID season and all the games that the Cardinals missed. But I liked he was hitting to the opposite field and seemed like he was more focused on getting walks and trying to get on base. Uh, and one one reason I think that helped him is because he was hitting in front of uh, Goldschmidt a lot. So that was definitely worked in his favor. But what are your thoughts on the deal? I know you wanted Wong to come back and you thought they were going to find a way to make it happen. And how happy are you going to be whenever he is – making some amazing defensive plays and getting our guys out at first, second, third base, and basically taking away runs from us. How are you going to feel sitting on your couch watching that?
0: It's definitely going to sting a little bit to see Colton Wong in a Brewers jersey, but I think I'd much rather prefer that than see him in a Cubs jersey, who I guess was another team that had showed a little interest in him. But, you know, when when you look at Colton Wong's career numbers for St. Louis, he hit 261 for his career for us, and, you know, I had 53 home runs and 281 RBIs. And while his offense isn't what he was known for here, you know, somebody like Tommy Edmund could step in. I'm not saying immediately be head and shoulders above what Colton was offensively, but I don't know how much of a defensive liability that you're gonna have with not just Edmund at second, but you're probably thinking Matt Carpenter's gonna get some reps at second base too. And you know, while it would have been nice to have another gold glove caliber second baseman. Um I it's one of those things too nine million, you know, for next season, and you're you're paying Wainwright eight. Eh, it's a, kind of a little tough to swallow on that. You'd think that he's he's worth that, but it, it's nothing that we can lose a lot of sleep over. I think we'll be all right. I, I
1: agree. I feel the same way. Whenever I saw the deal, I thought the Cardinals, if they wanted to make that deal happen, they they could have found a way. Um, and uh, they probably could have even paid him a little less, I think, this next, this, for this first year kind of 21, if they really wanted to make it happen. And I saw uh, Wainwright and several of the reporters had tweeted Colton saying it was a pleasure to cover him. And a lot of the reporters even said he probably is first of all Cardinals players in the last several years for giving out fan autographs. So, guy had a good reputation, uh, loved the fans, loved St. Louis, and seemed like he was well liked by his teammates. So, he's going to definitely be missed personally and we're definitely going to miss him defensively that's going to be a uh, matter huge hole it's going to be and I think uh, we're all in agreement that Carp is going to see a lot of time there I know a lot of people think it's going to be Edmund and I would prefer to see Edmund but they're not going to let all that money sit on the uh, bench with him and Fowler and I think with no DH this year uh, just going to put him in the lineup more and that's just the most fitting place for him. He's obviously not going to play at first where Goldie is or third where Arenado is. So second seems like the most likely uh, spot for him. So we're, we're definitely going to notice it and whoever takes that spot, no matter, even if it's Edmund, if there's a bowl that they don't get to that Colton Wong would have, everyone's going to be saying, well, if we had Wong, that would have been an out. We would have had that played. So he, he's definitely going to be missed. So I, uh, now we'll Keep moving on down the former Cardinal line, and hopefully future and current Cardinal Yadier Molina supposed to be coming back to the team and signing back. Everyone says he's going to. He hit a home run in the Caribbean Series today. Uh, Chris, do you still think this deal for sure gets done? Yadi get uh, do sure come to the Cardinals? Think it's a like formality at this point. A lot of people are still asking why it hasn't been made official. And my only guess is maybe potential injury or something happening is why they haven't signed yet. Why he's still playing. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, um, you know, when I first heard that he was interested in taking a one year deal, that was kind of reported by, I think it was El Nueva Dia, was the first to report that and said that after the Caribbean series, he'd be apt to sign with the Cardinals. Now, recently there's been some rumor from John Heyman and others that the Blue Jays are really making a push. Uh, to offer, offer him a deal. I can't for the life of me think that with Wainwright coming back and with getting Arenado, that Molina is going to, you know, take a one-year, even a two-year deal, you know, and leave to go to Toronto. I just can't see it. Uh, I think it depends on the money. Uh, if it's a one-year deal, I'm not sure what makes sense for the Cardinals, but I, I say they have enough to get it done, and a one-year deal shouldn't be hard to swallow for the, for the ownership.
1: What about you, Larry? What say you? You think he's one year, two years? What kind of contract do you think he's going to sign? And and do you think it's for it's in the books? It's 100%. It's a done deal. We're just waiting for him to finish up the paperwork and finish up this Caribbean series.
2: Yeah, I, I think I he'll think be back. I, I think that he takes a one-year deal. Um, like we talked about a couple of years ago, that it'd be fitting to see him and Wayno finish out with a World Series and walk off the field together and just be done with it, you know, They've been together for so long. I'd hate this. I, I, I don't know. I guess listening to Wayno talk about how odd it would be for him to wear a different uniform or be a different team. I can't imagine that for even for Yachty as well. He, could you see him in like green or blue or pinstripes or, you know, it just looks so odd. So I, I think he's going to be back. I think it's going to be a one-year deal, probably get the 10 or 15 million. They may even reward him a little bit to take a one-year deal, pay him a little bit more. And then he gets you know, he's happy, everybody's happy. And who doesn't want seventy five million over four years of your career to end your season, you know? Yeah.
1: But he 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 does look he does look pretty good, he does look healthy. I mean, I think it's crazy. It seems like the older he gets, the better shape he shows up to camp in. It seems like every year he shows up later and he threw out some some forty, some odd percent of would be base stealers last year, which is still unheard of his at his age, how many innings he plays, and he cut almost. They were seven innings, but yeah, he cut a lot of double headers last year. I mean, the guy it's just a machine. So uh, I think it's just a formality as well. It's just it always makes you nervous when nothing's official, you know. Just like the Arenado trade, everybody was still worried after the deal was getting done. People were worried something was going to happen to fall through. It's happened before, so. You know, the only thing I could see is like, you know, if he ended up getting hit by a pitch, breaking a hand or a wrist or something, it could cause some kind of delay or issue. I know Kinsler just turned 26 today for his, his birthday here on here on the fourth of February. So, you now going uh, going off of that and the signing of Yachty, there's a lot of rumors going on, a lot of rumors and innuendo, as they would say. Uh, Chris, what do you think? You think the uh, DeWitts and Mo and Gersh are done. There's rumors of Ramirez from Cleveland. Do you think that has any traction? hearsay? I mean, I'm not seeing it anywhere official, but there's a lot of buzz about it from a lot of these third party sites and want to be reporters. I mean what do you think you think it's a big splash,
0: something small or nothing at all? I had something I kind of threw out there too and I don't think it has any traction. I think you're right. It's just some you know some fan speculation on you know what kind of moves can be made. I know during the Arenado press conference, Mazzela hinted that, you know, who says that we're done making moves. And at the time that could have been taken that maybe we were in on Colton Wong coming back. It could have implied that, you know, bringing Molina back was the move that he was talking about. Um, what's kind of crazy though, is even though we have an outfield log jam, there was rumors that we were highly in on Jock Peterson before he signed with the Cubs. And in my opinion, if we were in on him, even with that outfield log jam, does that mean that the Cardinals may still have some feelers out there for an outfielder, Uh, a name that I did think the Cardinals may have a little interest in is Rosario for the twins, but he signed a a one-year deal. Um, And so I'm not really sure what else is out there. I know there's a lot of fans buzzing about bringing Ozuna back and. What are your uh, thoughts on Ozuna? Well, Yeah, I was going to say with no DH, it's kind of a, I mean, we all know how how he played defensively for us, but for for his bat to be in that lineup would really be a threat. I'd like to see that. I don't think that if you've got Carlson or Bader in center field, that you're giving up too much of a liability if you brought him back in the outfield. Uh, But again, with no DH, I think he's more suited for the American league and, even though there's some fan buzz about it, I don't think it's been reported by you know anybody that there's a deal or any interest from either side. Yeah i i, I would I would tend to agree with you too. I think that's why after
1: the uh, two sides didn't want to negotiate this year on DH and expanded playoffs, we saw Nelson Cruz signed with the Twins pretty quickly. I think a lot of a lot of those DH type players like Ozuna and Cruz were waiting to see how many potential bidders they were going to have. And whenever that was announced, it wasn't going to happen. You, you lose 15 potential bidders almost automatically. And I knew uh, carpenter. I would like to see carpenter in that, in that role. If by some chance it happens, which it doesn't look like it, but I think that'd be a fitting role for him and putting him fifth in the lineup, taking some pressure off of him and seeing if he can produce in his final year. And if if not, you know, two couple months into the season, you know, then decide what you have to do then. But uh, Larry, I want to go to you now too. We, t- we talked about Ramirez, but, uh, there are reports out there and it, this is coming from, you know, even Derek Gould at the post-dispatch is saying that the Cardinals are in on Jake Odorizzi. And I know Matt Devine can't stand him from Cardinals Nation 24-7. What are your thoughts on going after, going after a pitcher like Jake and do we need him? If we get him, where would he stack up in the rotation?
2: Well, last year, I guess it was, you know his. He had a lot of injuries last year, so that's always a, that's always a scary thing. But the year before last, he performed pretty well. Had a great season in twenty nineteen. Um, being a local, a local kid, you know that always helps too to draw in even more fans. Like we can really use more fans. Um, I could see him if he came in. I, that would slot him someplace like second, third. <laughs> I mean, he'd go in the middle. I'd say I'd still say Flaherty's the ace to lose the spot. It might push Wayne up to the five and push Carlos into the pin. And uh, so that kind of reorganizes and, re, you know, the whole, the whole rotation kind of changes a little bit. It just kind of pushes everybody down one seat in the row, I guess you say. Or does Jake come in and, you know, come in in phenomenal shape and he's the ace and clarity moves to the two to take pressure off him? Because he did struggle last year. If you look at his numbers, so there's always that, but, you know, like I said, now it's for the year, for the past couple of years, it's always been the Cardinals are always interested. Every agent wants to include the Cardinals in every discussion just to drive their price up for their, their players. So until it happens, you know, I just kind of don't hold my breath.
1: Hey, well, now that they have Arenado too, you have to figure it's the biggest acquisition of the off season that any team has, has made arguably. So, uh, what, what about you, Chris? Where do you hang your head on the Odorizzi rumors, and do you think it's going to happen, and do we need him, and where, where would you put him? Where do you, think he's, do you think he's a top rotation
0: guy, bottom rotation guy? I mean, where, where, where does he fit in? I mean, a lot of that would depend on, you know, the shape he's in on how he bounces back from being injury-ridden uh, last season. But, you know, overall in his career, he's he's a better-than-average pitcher, but, I mean, he's nothing that I think you're going to slot in as an ace um or in my opinion really a two he would really battle you know to have a second spot i know there was also some names thrown out there like uh, james Paxson from the you know that played for the yankees and taiwan walker from seattle that were also mentioned as maybe the type maybe the tier of pitcher that the cardinals would be after um i'm kind of curious what their plans are with not only carlos martinez but you know, we've talked about it before, are you finally going to give someone like Alex Reyes a chance to pitch You know, every fifth day, or are you going to just keep him in the pen? I think if you go out and make a move like this, uh, it may make your rotation strong, and there's nothing wrong with having too many arms, but it also pushes guys like that or a Genesis Cabrera that are starters turned relievers. Do you want to leave them in the pen, or do you want to give some of these guys a shot at being your fifth starter if Carlos isn't? Well, that's that's a good point
1: also because you started looking at your potential arms and where they're gonna be at Reyes was good out of the, the bullpen last year, but where do you put him now? You have Hicks coming back, you're gonna have Gallegos, you're gonna have Hillsley, you have Andrew Miller, any one of those four guys could close, and be at the back end of the of the rotation as Martinez gonna make the starting lineup. If Carlos doesn't, you're gonna figure he's gonna be in the bullpen and he's been in those high leverage. Uh, into the game rotation I mean, you've, got, you've got Tyler Webb we've got uh, John Gant who could be starting or else back in the bullpen we've, we, you still have uh, Ponce de Leon who uh, has still not been a bad pitcher and a lot of teams would love to have him where does he slot in at you've got uh, Woodford and these other guys that have came up and pitched last year because of the COVID season we have a lot of arms having arms is not a not a, a bad thing but at some point in time, you know, Reyes is, is going to be gone after next year. So where do you, you know, they didn't want to, he was untradeable for so long and they were had such high praise and they still think he has great stuff. But when does when does he get a rotation shot? Do they want to see what they have before he's he's finally gone? You know, unfortunately, the guy's been injured a lot, but I think it's time to put him to the test. And I would hate to see him leave and then go sign somewhere else and be a, a potential number two guy like everyone thought he could be. And you've only got Flaherty for two more years guaranteed, 21 and 22, before he walks. And we know he's going to test free agency, and he didn't have that great of a year last year. So never hurts to have arms. But standing pat where we are right now, Larry, give me your give me your starting five rotation. Who, who, one through five, just – I know I'm putting you on the spot and maybe just answer. throw out who you think.
2: I, I would have to go Flaherty, Michaelis. Um, I would let Wayno hit the three spot. And then I would probably probably go Kim. And I would, like you said, I think I'd give Reyes that shot. But right now in the Caribbean League, they're saying Carlos is lights out. So I think there's a push. I think there's a three-way push for that number five spot between Woodford and uh, Carlos and Reyes. I think that's your spring training battle of all the battles right now.
1: And it sounds like we're going to have a – we're going to have a – regular spring training it sounds like as far as the players are concerned as far as showing up and getting ready which is going to happen in the next couple of weeks Chris going to you give me your top uh, give me your starting five in the rotation
0: and where do you put them at and maybe just a brief explanation of why it would probably be similar to what Larry said I mean Flaherty is going to be your ace and Michaelis is more than likely going to have your your two spot Three, I'd probably go Kim over Wainwright just for the the sample size that we saw from Kim. He pitched great last year. Uh, Wainwright would be solid at the fourth spot, I think. And, you know, the the fifth and final spot, yeah, it could be um, Carlos Martinez. It could also be somebody like a Ponce de Leon or a Junior Fernandez or Woodford. I mean, there's so many revolving pieces that uh, the majority of our bullpen are starters turn relievers. I mean, yeah. even guys like Helsley, you know, was a starter in the minors. And, yeah, they talked about him
1: starting last year, maybe. And yeah,
0: yeah. And so, I mean, we've got a lot of young talent um, in the bullpen. And you know, I just for kind of shits and giggles, I'll throw this name out for you guys: like Trevor Rosenthal, a free agent. Like for nostalgia reasons, could you imagine bringing him back and having him be a setup with Hicks and Gallegos? I mean, that may push guys like Gant and Ponce de Leon to be your spot starters or were long relievers and i think starting wise we've got enough guys that can start and somebody like a rosenthal may thrive and you know being given a second chance with st louis and i wouldn't hate to see it
1: yeah uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go flaherty's gonna be your opening day guy uh, i'm gonna say Waino's number two kk is gonna be number three uh, Nicholas is going to come in at four with his flexor strain, and who knows if he'll be healthy all year. And I'm going to say number five is going to be uh, Carlos Martinez at this point, even though I would like it to be Reyes. And I'm going to say Ponce is going to be your spot guy uh, coming in. If he's needed or someone gets hurt, he'll get the first crack. Um, but like you said to you, Fernandez, I mean, our our, our, our bullpen is uh, pretty good. Who do you – who slots back in? Who's who's closing for you, Larry? Is this – Hicks automatically
2: yeah I, I think Hicks last year they said he was ready but then with the short season they decided not to push it so he opted out so I, I think Hicks is ready to go I think they're going to stretch him out in spring training see what happens and I'm sure he's been throwing a little bit trying to get back into shape but like I said a couple years ago before the injury I said maybe try to dial it down a couple of miles per hour and not get the kid all over the place with it but who doesn't love to see 104 on the gun
1: and for you, those of you, I know everyone's on a diehard fan. Just so you guys know, Dakota Hudson is still a starting pitcher for the Cardinals, but with Tommy John surgery, he will be a non-factor this year. So he'll be shooting for the 2022 season. Now, Chris, what about you? Where do you, where do you slot this bullpen? Who's your closer? Who's your setup guy? Who's your stoppers? Uh, give me a quick rundown of how you think the bullpen late innings round out.
0: Well, I think with, you know, making any guess, spring training is going to determine a lot of it. Um, every indication would show that Hicks will be the guy that gets that first opportunity again. Uh, but you've got Guy Egos and you could even slot an Andrew Miller in a closing role in certain situations. I've always been a fan of, even though it's nice to see a closer rack up a lot of saves to kind of go closer by, you know, not really having a set one, just kind of playing it by ear on the situation. And when you've got guys that can thrive in that role and not just throw out the same arm every ninth inning, um yeah, I think a team like the Cardinals can benefit from that, not just having one weapon, but having several that you can throw out there in that that ninth spot. Yeah, I agree. And if you if you take a look at our
1: bullpen, I think we probably have one of the best bullpens in all of baseball because uh when you start looking at a lot of people are gonna be left off of this list. Because if Reyes is not in the rotation, where do you put him? He was kind of a stopper slash setup guy last year. You've got Helsey, you've got Hicks, you've got you've got Miller Webb has pitched well you've got Fernandez like you said who's pitched well you've got Cabrera you've got Ponce who could be in the bullpen I mean we've got we've got guys we're going to have to send to Memphis just because we're not going to have room and that's I mean we we might have an injury or two here and there so it's always good to have uh, extra or a plethora some people would say of arms Uh, but I think our bullpen is going to be pretty solid when you have you know, four potential guys that could be closing for your team. I think it'll take a lot of pressure, just like having Arenado in our batting, batting order. You know, I think it's going to take a lot of pressure off these bullpen guys. Hicks is going to be back. Gallegos isn't going to have to close every game. Miller can go back to his traditional stopping role to where he comes in, no matter what inning it is, you know, you might bring him in to pitch somebody with the bases loaded or Helsley, somebody that can get get up and get some heat going on and throw up and into some of these guys in a, In a six inning high leverage situation, you know, uh, instead of instead of trotting out somebody that's never pitched in the majors before and giving up three, four home runs back to back to back. That was awesome. Uh, So hopefully we don't have that this year. And so then uh, I'll take us down to the uh, part with the players union and Major League Baseball. Obviously, Major League Baseball wanted some concessions. They wanted to push the season start back a month. Um, because of COVID. I don't know what that would solve. Probably nothing. I guess you'd have some more people get vaccinated, but I don't see it really changing the way baseball's played, but they were going to cut the games back to, I think, 155 and still play the players uh, for 162. They were going to give them full pay. They wanted the DH with both sides wanted, but they also want to do the expanded playoffs like they did last year, and the players' union voted against that, and then what the understanding is, I guess, is that once uh, the players union decides to open up negotiations and discuss any one of those potential rules and everything has to be uh, already finalized and they're trying to save it for next year. Everyone wants their leverage. MLB wants expanded playoffs and more teams because they want more money, more broadcasting money, more TV money to help make up for loss of ticket sales because no one really knows what that's going to end up to. Uh, With collective bargaining next year, I mean, you think the DH is coming, Larry? I mean, were you hoping it would be this year? Do you see this being just a formality and no big issue this year, or is there? You think there's going to be more to it?
2: Before Arenado, I didn't want the DH. With Arenado, I want the DH because now that moves Carp out of the starting a starting day job. Right. Um, I, I I think this season now, I think it's too late in the game. I don't think you can make that change. I don't think they can get it done that fast especially now if they postpone baseball now a month, I think that kind of turns fans off a little bit. Everybody's ready for that spring. I mean, that's, that's kind of that ominous, you know, that feeling that, Hey, summer's coming when catchers and pitchers report, you know, you know, baseball's backs the spring, the warm weather. Um, I think the DH is definitely going to be here for 2022 if we have baseball. (laughs) So I think if, if both sides, um, argue it out and there's a collective stoppage of I think it'll kill baseball I think you know fans will just we're done other major sports are all right now all attendance I mean all figures viewers are down Um, the NBA the NFL they've lost 40 or more percent of their viewing audience and I mean I realize what a lot of it is politics and what have you but you start dragging money in and both sides the fans can't Fans can't relate to billions of dollars or millions of dollars, but when you go to the ticket office to buy a ticket for Family Ford, you're at 150 dollars. That you can relate to. So, I hopefully there's no stoppage. Hopefully they work it out, but I I don't see the DH this year.
1: Yeah. What What about you, Chris? what do you What do you think for this year, and where do you see it going uh, next year? I mean, me and myself, I'm not looking. I'm not too thrilled about having pitchers hit, you know nope the pitchers didn't take any batting practice last year probably haven't in the offseason it's not their main focus it's going to be a lot of uh, ugly at bats in the nine hole coming up this year I mean what are your thoughts this year do you think there's a chance it could still come in I'm pretty sure it's going to be our next year what do you think with collective bargaining do you think it'll be a quick negotiation do you see stoppage what's your what's your thoughts on that
0: I thought maybe, or, you know, at the 11th hour that they would, you know, come to terms with having the DH again this season, but uh, it's not looking like that's going to happen. Personally, I've always preferred the national league's way of playing, whether it being a more strategic style with pitchers batting, but, you know, getting a taste of it last season and realizing that a lot of these pitchers, you know, coming up through the system and, you know, in high school and college, you know, they're, they're not hitters and, and, you know, to kind of force them into that, you know, when they hit the major league level, it's, I don't know, I mean, you have the occasional pitcher that can hit, but overall, it's not that exciting to see a pitcher come to bat. And even though I do prefer that old school National League style, I've said for years, I don't really understand why one league has it and the other doesn't. It just kind of doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And as far as a work stoppage, I, I think Larry's right that it could happen and would be devastating and would kill baseball but i think both the players association the owners and everybody knows that and i don't think that they'll let that happen i think you know something will come to terms fairly quickly and you know they can't afford to to have baseball shut down and i think they know that
1: yeah i, I agree with you it'll be interesting and they could still make something happen but i don't see it uh, happening myself we did have a we did have a question earlier come up that asked about the trade-off. And, uh, I don't have my phone in front of me to look and see what the young lady's name was, but not every fan is a diehard fan like we are and pays close attention to everything that happens. But some people didn't get the understanding of, you know, letting Wong go to having Arenado Is it worth that The answer is yes, Arenado is a, an elite player. He's a once-in-a-lifetime player that doesn't come along. He's probably going to go down as one of the best third basemen in the history of baseball. And he's only halfway through his playing career. So uh, to me, Wong was a great player. And I definitely wanted to keep him, not saying that we needed to let him go. But uh, Aaron Otto, if the off is having Wong leave, then uh, was definitely for it. But you have to look at this overall as a, as a baseball. It's a, it's a business. They're still there to make profit, make money. They don't know how much money they're going to make. Wainwright's already making more money. Uh, Molina is figured to be having a contract. And even though they're not paying Arenado, you still have to look at the fact that they are fielding a competitive team and they do have a lot of other players that are making money. So it's still going to be a shortened money season. Uh, They probably could have found the way to pay Colton Wong, but it didn't add up. But if you definitely had to pick uh, your poison, I would rather have Arenado, Molina, and Wainwright instead of losing any one of those to have Colton Wong and uh, letting in what Edmund and, uh, you know, Carp can – can do a second base. Uh, I know too, Chris, I think you had one in regards to, I believe, Dexter Fowler.
0: Yeah. Cardinal uh, uh, Cardinals 1247 group member Byron Hagler, he had uh, commented on a post I put up earlier and asked, does Dexter Fowler start in right field at the beginning of the season with the abundance of outfielders that the Cardinals have? And he went on to say a platoon might work well for them. Well, I think it's a no brainer that Dex is going to get, you know, a starting job to start the season. Uh, You're not going to bench a guy making, was it 16 million that he's making this season or maybe a little more, but um, I think you may even be surprised that you could see him lead off at some point, you know, this season, as much as we've already kind of slotted Edmund in that spot. um, I could see it where Schultz gives Dexter Fowler a chance to, to lead off, but, Ultimately I I think they're gonna go with Carlson as a starter. And it's hard to bench a guy that made the made a gold glove last near last year in O'Neill, But between him and Bader, I think Dexter has got his spot solidified, at least for his final year under contract. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. So
1: going going back to that, you know, Larry, where do you see who do you put in the outfield? If you're Mike Schulton, you're making this this you're making the opening day lineup. Who is your, who's in your outfield? You've got Justin Williams who can't be sent down or he's, we got to get the option to to cut him and let him go. He has no more options left and we didn't see much of him, but what we saw was pretty good. He's the only left-handed hitting out, but you've got Carlson and uh, Edmond and Fowler who can switch and uh, Edmond is totally capable of playing in the outfield, which I think we may see him there on several in several games, but, you're making the, the 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 starting lineup. Who do you put in the outfield and why, Larry?
2: Well, like you said, I think right field. That's that's Fowler's. It to lose. I mean, you're not going to bench him and Carp both. You're not going to have thirty plus million sitting on the bench. Um, so I, I would say the other two spots. It comes down to second base. If Carp is your starting second baseman for some reason coming out of spring training. You're going to have to play your best defensive player and your fastest in center field, so mm-hmm. I think that moves Bader into that position just for his speed to cover more distance and ground. But if Carp is a starting and it's Edmund, I would say Carlson's your center fielder and O'Neill's your left fielder. So mm-hmm. I would say that everything's going to end up basically whatever happens at second base. I think the whole team's going to revolve around that.
1: That's it. that's that's pretty interesting. Chris what I mean what about you for your your outfield I mean who do you who's your odd man out because I mean we got to figure Carlson is going to play Carlson's playing every day so where where do you put him at and then if so where do you, who's sitting that means you don't have O'Neill. I mean you may not have Bader or do you put Bader in center and have Carlson in,
0: in left what are your thoughts how do you how do you, how do you slot those guys I mean, you could pull something like that off. I agree with Larry. A lot of it depends on who you have playing second base. Um, You know, Carpenter, I I think we think will be a liability at second base, and you're going to want to have someone that can cover as much ground as possible. Uh, Bader is elite defensively, and I don't think that Carlson is necessarily a big step back if he were to play center field. But if you've got, you know. He played there there a lot last year. Yeah. I was going to say, if you've got Bader uh, in center, and Dexton, right. I, I, Carlson's going to be your left fielder. Cause like you said, they're going to play him. They can't afford not to, um, which sucks for O'Neill, you know, earning a gold glove, but at the same time, you got to be able to hit consistently. And while we love it, the power that he has, um, I don't know if it's going to be hammer baiters, the odd man out. Uh, they both have great speed on the bases that could be used in, you know, situations like that. Um, I know looking at it, everybody thinks Bader's faster, but O'Neal's pretty damn fast on a basis too. And yeah. so I I would probably give the nod. It, it again, comes down to spring training, but Fowler's going to have a spot. Carlson's going to have a spot. Lane Thomas is going to be the guy that's kind of the odd man out, I think. And, you know, it's kind of unfortunate for him, but, you know, you've kind of got to go with what we've got right now, and that's, that's the way I see that.
1: Yeah, I see. I agree with you. I see Thomas being the odd man out, and he may actually end up being in Memphis, depending on because you got to think, you know, if Edmund is playing outfield like he was a little bit last year, also, that's going to cut someone out. And I don't see them cutting uh, Justin out of the fold with it being his last year. Uh, I know we'll carry an extra player or two because of uh, potential COVID possibilities and double headers, but I think you'll see. Uh, my opinion is Bader doesn't need to be playing. A lot of people are going to disagree with me because there's a lot of Bader fans out there. But To me, Bader shouldn't be playing. I think he should be on the team uh, as a defensive replacement and a pinch runner. Uh, he is fast, but that doesn't mean he's smart with base running. I think Dexter Fowler is not as fast as he used to be, but is still a good base runner. He's good at going first, first to third, et cetera, taking the extra base and reading the ball well. He is a very smart baseball player. And he's making too much money. He's going to get first choice at, at right field. Right field is his. I would put Carlson in center field. Obviously, he's a, a true center fielder for for a lifetime. No, I would say he'll probably be in right field next year after Fowler's contract is up. But this year, he can definitely play center field and then get his position. And I would put, depending on the experiment, you know, I would I would like to see O'Neill get that shot. But I would almost guarantee. Uh, you're going to see Edmund playing there also I mean, you you may not see Carp a lot but Carp will spend time at second base he, we may see Carp in left field he played the young field when he first came up in 2011 with the Cardinals and I wouldn't be surprised as we start reading as guys are reporting to spring training they're going to be saying Carp brought his glove he was shagging balls in the outfield or he was working with Okendo at second base yeah he's not going to be playing it at, at, at first and third with no DH and have nowhere for him and and Karp has not played well the last couple of years, but he's still got that potential for power. And like we talked about with Goldschmidt and Arenado in the lineup, it's going to take a lot of pressure off these guys. I think Paul DeYoung is going to have a, a good offensive year. He's not going to hit 300. He's never going to be that guy. He's going to have a lot of pressure off him. Guys like Molina, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of even though Molina's clutch and we like seeing him with the bat. It's going to take a lot of pressure off these guys. And then depending on where you put them, you know, we talked about a leadoff position where you might see Dexter Fowler well, they're toying around with, you know, you may see Goldsmith hit second or third or what have you. So, you know, whoever's in front or behind those guys, especially say, say Goldie does hit second, Aronado's hitting third or, or, or flip those guys, you know, wh- whoever's batting leadoff is going to have a lot better chance of getting on base or, you know, because of who's hitting behind him, That's going to put less pressure on DeYoung. Young's not going to have to feel like, oh, I got to drive these guys in. It's all up to me and Dexter Fowler and so on. It's just going to, relax these guys a little bit Carlson will be able to you know relax and settle into his position a little bit kind of like we saw last year he looked really good and and he may be your two or, or one or number five guy even ahead of DeYoung but it, it's going to give us a lot of options and I think you'll you might see some of that fluctuate during the year but I would like to see Carr play and hopefully get a good chance to get some decent at-bats mm-hmm. last year his, his vesting option is not going to kick in so you know, he needed to have like a thousand of bats between uh, last year and this year. So no matter what, even if he played every game, he's not going to get it this coming up year, but that's a $2 million option. They're going to be declining next year, unless he just has a monster year, which if he, if he does great, none of us, none of the three of us we've talked about it before. No one of us want to see Carpenter leave the team and we don't hate Bader. We'd love to see Bader play, but with the options we have, he's, he's not the best one and comments will probably be here your your last guy out i'm a little concerned with our infield depth uh with it looks like sosa could be your your on the team as your backup shortstop but edmund is also that get you. that's another reason why i think carpenter might slot at second a lot because edmund can can pretty much play every day and be a super utility guy he can play in the outfield he can play short second third first but like we sit like we all know uh, Goldie and Arenado are going to play most every game, and DeYoung is going to be right behind him, so there's not going to be a lot of at-bats, but if they needed to do something in that situation, or if we don't have the DH, there's going to be some double-switching potential possibilities. Hopefully, we're not double-switching Goldie and Arenado out, but we have seen uh, we used to see it happen all the time with Matt Holliday. There'd be a double-switch, and guess what? Mm-hmm. Matt Holliday's out of the game, and then somebody like a Bader could come in and go in the outfield. I think he is good. He's great defensively, but that only gets you, gets you so far. We have a lot of good defensive outfielders. And Fowler, no slouch. Fowler, you know, has, has not been a horrible defender. He's obviously slower, but he's not going to be a plus defender. But I, he's not going to hurt the team. And I think him and Carper are getting opportunities to play, making $20 million each.
2: The uh, the other guy that we always forget about is Austin Dean. He's still on the roster as well. He's on the 40-man. You're right. He, I forgot about he's, in, he's injured. And, he, I mean, he's one of those guys, who just, and he's a switch hitter. So he's another guy you could plug in. But the other thing we always forget is, is that there's four infield positions. The carp can play three of those mm-hmm. if he has to in a pinch. So then if you move Edmund over to give DeYoung a, a day off, Carp could essentially he could play almost every single day at a different position. Mm-hmm. So he could still he could still field every day and get his at bats and still not have a troop assigned starting position. Because he can still play first base. He's not he's not goalie. But goalie gets a, a game off. Well, you're not gonna t- take him and Arenado out the same game. Yeah. So you, so he could play second base, you can move Edmond to third. If the young's off, you move Edmund to short and you put Carpet second. And then, like you said, if if he gets hot and he starts hitting, you stick him in left field one day, you know. Who knows? Yeah. But my other question is now, thinking ahead, you knew who our emergency catcher was or third screen catcher?
1: Wong. Oh yeah, he was an emergency catcher. So uh,
2: now, who's your who's your emergency catcher on this team? Not that well, Wong ever did it, but still, well, Wong wouldn't play behind a thirty-nine-year-old catcher either. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's gonna be tough, but you know they'll have an extra catcher this year with
2: uh, the twenty-six.
1: 26th so they'll they'll probably have the expanded rosters, my guess, like they did last year when they so, had to carry three catchers, but. Okay. So, who's gonna, your other catcher?
2: You, who's your other catcher? Where are you getting from? Because right now, I mean, who's who's in the minors that you're going to skip? You know, to bring up behind Kinsner, You know,
1: I would say it'll probably be somebody they sign that's played right. before that doesn't play much, and he'll that you won't you won't see much of. I don't think it'll be anyone from our minor league system because they're going to want him to play, and that's going to be the right. tough part with Kinsner, too. He's going to come up, and he's not really going to be he's not going to be playing much.
2: Well, that's my other 20 question. 26 is with if 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 they do sign after uh, Caribbean season's over does does he decide that Yachty's going to take two games a week off does he agree to that does he set aside the I'll sit when I'm tired when I say I'm tired or is he becoming you
1: know I don't think Yachty agrees to anything like that
2: I agree (laughs) I agree with you that you don't agree yeah
1: so, so Kisner will be on the team and he won't be playing much. Maybe he'll be your starter next year. Maybe he'll be your starter in two years. I think a lot of it depends on how the year goes this year and how Yachty and Wayno bueno play this year. I think if they play well, they're going to want to play again. I think if they don't or they get hurt or anything of that nature, I think they might be done. Or if, they, or if we win a World Series, they might be done. I mean, I'm not
2: trying to go out and say we're so, going to win a World Series. I think we have a lot of work to do. But So where, where does that slate Herrera? I mean, is he two years out?
1: I'd say two to three years for sure. I think so, he'll probably be in Memphis this year.
2: Right,
1: Memphis. He could be depending on how the minor league seasons go. I'm assuming they're going to play games this year. I don't see it being as bad as last year. Uh, I, I bet those guys will be playing. They might be playing, you know, the same three teams repeatedly. But yeah, uh, I think they'll be playing each other a lot more than than anyone figured. They probably were getting a lot more reputation. But a lot of these guys, it was better for you know a lot of these guys like. Gorman and those guys got to got to face a lot of decent pitching last year, and they said it really probably helped them because they hit they got more advanced and its pitching they're not used to seeing. You know, I think Libertoria is one of the best curveballs in all of every prospect in all of baseball. They're they hitting against that guy in the in the alternate camp, so I, I think that's pretty impressive, and that can only be a positive thing. And we have a lot of good young guys coming up on the team, which we are actually going to discuss uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think next week we're going to focus that episode on the careers of Bob Gibson and Lou Brock. We lost them uh, last year, a couple of great Cardinal legends, uh, fortunate. We lost them about a month apart and we wanted to take time to dedicate one of our podcast episodes to their careers and just going over their numbers and talking about how great they were. Cause once you dive into the numbers, they're, they're pretty impressive and just, in no one will be able to duplicate anything Bob Gibson has, has ever done. Even as long as wayno has been a Cardinal, he's not even going get, to get close to breaking any of Bob Gibson's records. That's how amazing uh, he was just as a pitcher and an individual. So we're going to cover those next week. So if anyone has questions, uh, wants to mention anything about Bob Gibson, Lou Brock, maybe mention a time where you met them at an autograph signing, uh, feel free to drop it in the comments on uh, Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, we ask that you go check us out on YouTube. Please uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, share it with your friends if you like, drop a comment, letting us know. Uh, I've already been preparing this for some uh, giveaways for people that are participating and uh, liking and subscribing to the channel. I've already got some stuff that came in, some stuff on order, so stay in touch with us on that. Uh, we're, we're encouraging participation. You do have to participate and be a fan in order to partake in winning some of those prizes so stay tuned for that
2: so are Uh, you saying we're giving out participation trophies
1: no but you do have to participate (laughs) you have to show up yeah you have to be you do have to be an active participant to (laughs) win you can't you you can't this is not a this is not a mail-in vote thing for the election you can't okay Uh you have to you have to participate
0: You have to be a real person. Uh, Chris, do you have anything you want to add? No, I mean, we, you know, the first couple uh, shows that we put out so far have just been bonus episodes, but, you know, we've recently started this YouTube channel, the Cardinal Station 24-7 on YouTube and, you know, almost a hundred subscribers, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I know I appreciate all of our followers on, you know, Facebook, on the page and the group and on Twitter and Instagram, but, uh, I hope everybody you know, will join along and not just sit through some of it, but, you know, give us a, give us a shot on, you know, watching the videos and subscribe and, you know, make sure that you get that notification and, you know, enter yourself a chance to win some of these giveaways that we'll be doing. Uh, it's been cool talking ball with you guys and look forward to a full season of it. Yeah, it's going
1: to be, it's going to be a, a great year for Cardinals baseball. It's going to be exciting. And I think there's a lot more to come. Uh, Larry, do you have anything you want to throw out there in closing or?
2: Um, yeah, I just, first off, I want to say, you know, a lot of the, a lot of our folks on our group and our, on our page, they don't realize the time that Chris puts into this um, without Chris's hard work. none of this happens. So a lot of the credit goes to him. And it's appreciated by all of us. So, you know,
0: <laughs> I appreciate that, but it's a total team effort. We've got, you know, you and Jared help a lot with the page and, you know, we've got a good group of moderators with Matt Devine and Boyd Harder and Dustin Duffy and Zach Jen. You know, we've got a great team, and, you know, hopefully we'll get them on some of these shows with us. But you know, I appreciate the kind words, but total team effort, and I love running this stuff with you guys. Just
2: one more thing. Happy birthday, Zach.
0: Yeah, happy birthday, Zach.
1: Yeah, wh- Yeah. whatever.
2: <laughs>
1: <Zach>. Uh <laughs> No, no. It's been, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a good ride. And keep keep in mind out there on the page in the group that not everyone is a diehard fan. So when people ask ask questions, we want to be a place where everyone can go. The diehard fan, you can interact with other diehard fans and share your stories. And there's going to be people that are casual fans or new fans to the page that aren't as invested. They might be a younger fan or or an older fan that doesn't get a lot of statistics. There's a lot of stuff that we don't get and I have to look up. So, you know, just remember to Remember that and be respectful. We're all fellow Cardinal fans and we all want our team to do well. So if someone has a question, then try to educate them. Let's not go into the full attack mode because we do the best we can to moderate and admin the site, but it is very difficult. So if you feel like someone is uh, going over the line, please report it because we don't see every single post like people think we do. Uh, Just report it. We'll address the situation, but we ask just to be kind. Don't hate on each other and Everybody get along. We're all Cardinal fans at heart, and we all we all bleed red and powder blue. Save the hate for me. Save the hate for Larry. It's easy. We hate Larry. I mean, it's everyone. It's easy to see. I mean, look at him.
0: Yeah, I mean he's an asshole, but he's our asshole. Yeah, and we'll we'll cut that out, of course. Of Chris course, is No, because he gets kicked, kicked
2: off the page. He kicked off. We just
1: got flagged. We just got flagged, Chris. Damn.
2: You get, no. actually that flag's a month old but it was falling off but hey
1: I don't know what you're talking about Uh yeah it's me yeah. calling Guy Huntley a bitch Oh, well, thanks for tuning in everyone uh, if you have questions or we'll see something you want to, uh, us to talk about or mention in the next podcast please let us know uh, like we said next week is going to be Bob Gibson and Lou Brock and the week after that we're actually going to discuss uh, some of the Cardinals prospects coming up to the system to give you guys a little insider look on uh, what the Cardinals have coming up in the future and what who you're going to see making their impact in the big leagues in the next couple of years but thanks for your time Larry Chris thanks it's fun as always hanging out with you guys and talking baseball Uh, it takes a lot of time and effort but you guys make it seem fun and uh, it makes it worth doing it so I I appreciate you guys and uh, it's been another fun night and Uh, Go Cards, and I'll turn it over to you
0: guys. I just want to, again, thank everybody that tunes in and watches and hit that like and subscribe button. We appreciate everybody, and go Cards. Welcome welcome to all of our new uh, Colorado fans. Yeah,
2: welcome Rocky fans,
1: yeah. All right, well, thanks again, everybody, and we'll catch you next week. Same YouTube channel. Bye. Same bat channel, same bat place.